I'm going to draw my text tonight from the book of Acts chapter 3 and then we will visit 2 Chronicles chapter 3. I'm going to begin with you in Acts chapter 3 tonight. I give great honor to the people of God. I thank the Lord for you. It is such a privilege to be yoked up with you in the vineyard of the Lord. Amen. And uh, great things are happening. I can't even begin to tell you how thankful my heart was today for Cassie and Isabella to be baptized in Jesus' name. God's, God's doing such great things in their life. I was talking to Matt just the other day about the work the Lord's done. It's, just, it's amazing. You just you become a different person. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. When God gets a hold of your life, you're a new creature. It's so awesome. Amen. Acts chapter 3. Very familiar reading. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb was carried. Somebody say he couldn't do it on his own. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. He was there to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing or when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked alms of them. Peter fastened his eyes on him with John and said, look on us. And he heard him. He gave heed to them. This is the power of it. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. But although he did not get what he was expecting, I don't believe he would have got anything at all if he wouldn't have had expectation. He was expecting silver and gold. But the Bible said that Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. The reason that he was walking into the temple, leaping and praising God, is because he had expectation. I've come to preach to you tonight about the power of expectation. The power of expectation. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. I could spend a little while tonight preaching to you about the lame man at the gate, and it is... A beautiful story. It's a beautiful story uh, as to how the Lord had worked through his people. Now, I believe, according to the scripture that we read tonight, 
Uh, this was not the first time that this certain man, lame from his mother's womb, had been carried to the gate called Beautiful. As a matter of fact, your Bible said that he was carried there daily. I believe that Peter and John were men of prayer. And I believe that they had walked by him daily for many years. I believe that Peter and John had seen this man and had more than likely at some point in time given him alms. Because when they said, look at us or behold us, the Bible said that he looked to them expecting. But the scripture leads us to understand that God exceeded his expectation. And I think there's value in understanding that tonight. That God is able to exceed our expectation. As a matter of fact, he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above what we could ask or think. There is power in that. But I want to tell you tonight that if God is not doing it, it's not because he has lost his power. It's probably because we're not asking or thinking. It's impossible for God to do something in my life if I'm not asking God to do it. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. He discerns a heart. James said that you don't have it because you didn't ask for it. He said you have not because you asked not. I think it's time for us to realize just how big our God is and you're not going to scare him because you ask. The devil's tried to tell you it's not worth your time. The devil's tried to tell you that it's over. The devil's tried to tell you it's always been this way. But the Bible said when the man looked at them expecting that this was a day like no other. Because Peter and John looked at him and said silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I'm going to give it to you. Now get up. The language of this is so important. What did Peter and John have? I think it's a worthy question. I think it deserves an answer. But I want to tell you why today was different than the other days. I believe they had walked by him a thousand times. But they didn't have what they had today. This is Acts chapter 3. Something had just happened in Acts chapter 2. It was the power to believe that God could really do anything. They had watched Jesus work for three and a half years. But now it was time for the church to be activated. To do what God told them they could do. I want you to know that Peter and John were not the local pastors of the temple. They were not in the ministry of the temple. God doesn't just use ministry and God doesn't just use pastors. They were two men that had not received the Holy Ghost, but today was different because they weren't functioning in their own power. They were operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, what happens if they pray the prayer of faith and the guy don't get up? We ask that way too much. What happens if I pray for them and they don't get up? What happens if you pray for them and they do? 
You do understand, Peter and John said, such as I have. Oh, boy, it's going to get tight for just a minute. You know why we're afraid to say it sometimes? Because I think we got empty hands. <laughs> such as my pastor has, give I thee. Such as the missionaries have, give I thee. Brothers and sisters, thank God your pastor is not the only one with the Holy Ghost power. I believe God's trying to activate something in this church right now. I believe God's trying to do something in this church. From the platform to the parking lot, you're going to get the boldness to realize the kind of power that heaven has invested in the church such as I have. But if I have it and I keep it and I'm not willing to give it, well, but you know, Pastor, God gave us the Holy Ghost so we could be happy. God gave us the Holy Ghost so we could sit on a pew and smile real big. Aren't you glad them boys delayed their prayer meeting for five minutes? You know what I love about this? Is that they prayed for a man who just before they said what they said, he was not even allowed to go into the temple. But the Bible said that he was so transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost that when he stood up and started walking and leaping, that he followed them into the temple. There was a conversion that happened. Oh God, it's going to make you uncomfortable. We've been waiting on people to come to the temple and then believe that God can do the miraculous. But Acts 3 said God did the miraculous and then he went into the temple. I wonder what kind of evangelism system you've got when you start laying hands on the sick, laying at the gate of your city, and they get up and recover. Can I tell you right now that we're not going to have to knock doors and we're not going to have to pass out flyers when people start talking about it. I was an addicted drug addict. I was stoned out of my head. But there was a man that came by and he didn't give me a can of corn and he didn't give me a water bottle. He said, such as I have. He rolled down his window and prayed the prayer of faith and I've been delivered. So the man was expecting from them. But Peter and John were expecting that when they prayed, God was going to respond. Sure. You know what I found? I found that sometimes people that aren't professional Pentecostals have more faith than we do. Well, you can be seated. You know, because, let's just be honest. When the Lord found us, we were kind of a mess. But now, we got it together. And I mean, I really don't, I really don't want to live that far out there. To where I have to take what I've been feeling on Sunday night into the break room with me on Monday. 
I'll never forget the day I was at, I was at work. And Brother Joe Green walked in and said, let me ask you a question, brother. He had that country draw going. He said, now, brother, you guys baptize Jesus only, right? I said, you could say that. He said, tell me the difference. And God is my witness. It was like the whole room just cleared out. It was just me and him. And I said, well, since you asked. And we started talking about it. And I worked on him for five weeks after that. Saying, we got a crazy preacher preaching for us. And he came about five weeks into that revival. And old Brother Shepherd got to preaching. And Brother Joe got to believe in what I was telling him at work. Can I get really real with y'all right now? Can I just do that? I'm going to whether you say I can or not, but I wanted to make you feel like you got to vote, you American people. Listen, Pentecost, if, if, we, have, if we have a weakness, I'm going to give you one of them. We like to be around our own kind all the time. Lord, you're going to have to help me right now. I'm getting them darts. And it ain't the fiery darts of the wicked. It's the dagger darts of the Christian. We like our own kind. Now, I want you to think about it. We'll go to camp meetings where there's five or 600 people. And every one of them got the Holy Ghost. And we get up and preach on the Holy Ghost. Because people like to dance and shout about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo wait. Brother, if they don't help me, you're going to have to help me. Come all the way from Dayton, Ohio. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. We like to get among preachers and talk about the oneness of God. But you know who needs to hear about the Holy Ghost? Somebody that don't have the Holy Ghost. Come on, I don't want you drowning in this now. This is deep. You know who needs to hear that there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. You know who needs to hear that? Somebody that's never been baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah, but I've told them before, Pastor, and they didn't get it. So therefore, we're not expecting them to get it when we tell them. I'm telling you what I've been praying and I believe God's going to do it. He's done it with me several times lately. God is about to set some divine appointments for you precious people. And God is going to connect you with some people that are hungry for this message and you're going to get the boldness. They're expecting that you're going to have something to say and you're going to be expecting that when you say it, they're going to hear it and they're going to believe it and God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout yes. It's time that we start living out loud. But we got to start expecting some things. Mercy. You know, sometimes when I think about it, I try not to. But when I think about it, 
I really do think sometimes probably that I've prayed for more people that haven't been healed than ones that have. Just being honest, I've been doing this a long time. And I prayed for a lot of people that I wanted God to heal. And he didn't do it. So that's a great excuse to just quit. The devil is a liar. I don't ever question the word of God, the will of God. Now I have questions about the will of God sometimes, but I don't question the will of God because he's infinite in wisdom and he's sovereign and he does all things well. You understand what I'm saying? I've had questions about the will of God, but I don't question the wisdom of God and the will of God. But I will tell you this, that until God makes a ruling of judgment that it's not his will to heal, I'm going to pray every chance I get that he heals because I know that he can and I expect that he will. I've I've lived with such faith since I was a child that I long to see the day that when we walk in the hospital to go for a visitation, not because of us, but because of who we serve, that when we walk down the hallways on our way to pray for one person, that God would begin to pour off of us and that beds would begin to shake and people would... I can't get five people to believe what I'm preaching. But I'm going to tell you, it's time for the... It's time for the apostolic church to shine. It's time for the people of God to shine. I am absolutely positively ready and I believe that God can still do anything. God, I feel something on me right now. Come on. I'm I'm probably never going to make it to where I was going, so don't hold your breath to get to Chronicles. Such as I have. Such as I have. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do you have it? Boy, I'm tell you, that was overwhelming right there, wasn't it? <laughs> Brother Snow, do you have it? Yes, sir. Noah, do you have it? Yes, Lauren? Thank God. <laughs> Bishop, you got it? I got it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sister Donna, you got it? Brother Antonio, you got it? (laughs) The easiest thing to do in Acts 3 easiest thing to do is hand them hand him alms and go about their way oh it's about to get tight but it's right up in here the easiest thing to do is pull a dollar bill out and say well there you go here you go missionary I'll send you money 
and the apostolic church is more invested financially than we've ever been. We're giving bigger offerings than we've ever given. But we're sending less missionaries than we've sent. I was sitting. Don't let this shock you. But I was sitting eating and drinking coffee in California. And I was sitting with my precious friend, Brother Allard. We were sitting at this really cool little coffee shop, and I told him, I said, man, this, this place is beautiful. It's a really cool area. It's kind of in the, uh, just outside the Bay Area. It looks nothing like San Francisco. It's just a quaint little town. He said, let me tell you something, bro. He said, in this little valley area right here, he said, there's over 600,000 people and not one apostolic church. I'm not talking about in India. I'm talking about in California. Thank God I got the Holy Ghost. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just give an offering. And then somebody else can do it. I'll just throw money at, at it and let that be the miracle. But lame people stay lame. I've been talking to the Lord about this city we're living in right now. I have never in all my life. It's not just, it's not just here. But I, I'm just telling you, the homeless population is, is insane. And the layers, the layers are crazy. Because you've got the homelessness epidemic. And then you got the drug epidemic on top of that. And our city government giving them syringes so they can continue to do drugs on their own. And locking the hands of our police where the police can't even arrest them. And we look at that and it gets overwhelming. And so what, what the enemy wants the church to do, man, it's going to be rough. I feel it. The enemy just wants the church to just open up a food pantry now, I'm not against food pantries we had one for years did good but I realized we were dealing with a different demographic of people when the truck came to our parking lot and our volunteers were here and all the same people that I saw lined up on Tuesday at the other church up the street were in their cars in our parking lot on Thursday and you think I'm lying Bishop can tell you if I'm lying I'm dying we had a big refrigerated truck full of produce pull up. and They had organic salad mixes and all kinds of really nice food. And th these people pulled up in our parking lot and said, well, what do you got? Yep. We said, well, we've, we've got some really nice salad mixes and some really good produce for you to take home. And they said, ah, we don't want rabbit food and pulled off. <laughs> it's the truth. I'm not against feeding people. That's not the point. But the problem is we've got more silver and gold than we've ever had. I'm going to sit down to preach this. <laughs> Bishop Billy McCool said it like this. He said if Acts chapter 3 would have happened in this modern day and time, he said Peter and John would have looked at him and said, Silver and gold have we plenty, but such as you need, we don't have any. 
You can do another fundraiser to get another can of corn to give to somebody. And I, I, man, if you want to do it, I'll go with you and give them the corn. But I'm going to tell you what they need. They need to be set free. I want to see the church of the living God become so activated that we are no longer intimidated. Our doctors are forced to work in this atmosphere. Our police officers are forced to work in the atmosphere. Our teachers are forced to work in the atmosphere. Our waiters and waitresses are forced to work in the atmosphere. But the church just has more church. You know what that empty seat is next to some of you in here tonight? It's my expectation. When I come in here and walk the aisles, and I get in between every one of these, it, I, I'm like a little rat in a lab. I come in here and pray, and I walk between every row. I walk in, I put my hands on every chair in here. I put my hands on the one that you're sitting in, and I put my hands on the ones that nobody's in because I'm expecting God. Padaboshakata. To activate something within us. That we are no longer afraid that God is actually going to answer our prayer. But we finally start believing that God really can do what he said he could do. And God's going to use me to do it. And God's going to use you to do it. I'll throw my money at the mission. What about when God calls me to the mission? I'm telling you, I'm living it right now. One of the hardest things to do is to release what God has given you to the mission. My life has changed. Some of the people that are the most intricate parts of what we're doing at FPC are working in the mission. It's a little different. Brother Gill's gone. Sister Lauren, she comes home every chance she gets. I'm pulling on her all the time. Come see Daddy. I'm telling you, it feels different. It feels different when the people that you're expecting, you trust. Got to release. You know what? If we never, if we never run, and I'm not saying this in doubt, okay? I'm speaking this in reality. If we never run a thousand people in this church, but we can plant 25 churches. And you know what happens when you do that? This don't make sense. But when you send out, God sends in. I've been driving through all these little towns around us. I've been driving. You start naming towns. I don't want to say it online because if there's a pastor within 10 miles of there, they'll get nervous. I've been driving through these little towns that have... 5,000, 10,000 people in them. I'm like, wonder where they go to church. Woo! Does it bother anybody? When you drive in a town within driving distance from your house and there's not a life-giving church in that town? Well, but Pastor, you know how stuff like that happens. I mean, when they start another church, they'll rape every church in the area and they'll start stealing people. And you know what? I decided a long time ago, I've been doing this all my life. 
And please don't think I'm being insensitive, but, but people come and people go. I'm not being rude. Please understand, you are so valuable to what, what happens in the church. But people come and people go. And some people leave and some people stay. And so you know what I decided to do? Let God sort all that out. I know it's really random. I kind of like this church. I like being in this church. I like being with y'all. I think it's a pretty good little church for home missions work. And I got, just the other day, just got a random text from somebody. That said, hey, I've decided to go to somebody else's church. So you know what I did? I sent back, you filthy, rotten scumbag. How could you leave this church? Why would you leave the best thing happen? You know, you know what I said? I said, man, that's great. God bless you. I love you. I love the pastor of that church. And I want you to be blessed. I bless you in Jesus' name. And if you ever decide you want to come back home, the door is always open. We'll look forward to seeing you, your family. Pastor, you ought to hold grudges against people because they're leaving. Do you understand what I'm telling you tonight? This is God's church. I hope when the Lord comes that every one of you here are still connected to this body. But I want you to understand we got to get busy and we got to get in the harvest field. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous, but the labor... They are few. We need somebody that stands up and says, I'm not just going to give to it. I'm going to give myself to it. I've had a couple little towns on my heart. I've been driving into those towns and praying, asking God to open doors, let me meet people. Let me get connected to people. And I, saw, I, I made the mistake of saying something about it openly one night. And I had a pastor tell me, well, I've got plans to do something there. Well, it's been almost a year. Oh, Lord, we may have to delete this online tonight. <laughs> so I sat down with another really close friend of mine and it's from this region. <laughs> and we're, talk, we're just sitting there talking. He starts talking about this town. He said, bro, you know where a really cool town is? I said, yeah, tell me. He named the town. I said, you know, that's a beautiful place. I said, I've been praying, asking God to give us direction. I said, we need a church there. He said, yeah, we do, man. We need a church. He said, you're 100% right, we need one. I said, well, so-and-so told me they, 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 they kind of had plans. He said, my God, bro, how long you going to wait? I said, well, the district board may have something to say about that, you know. He said, I'm so sick of this. Brothers and sisters, I mean no disrespect tonight, okay? You know my heart. I love you precious people. I love the work of God. I love organizational work. I've been part of it all my life. But I'm going to tell you something right now. While people sit in boardrooms and fuss over demographics. There have been people that have died lost without God while we've been sitting in church tonight. 
We got to get over this territorialism. Come on, I'm trying to preach my heart tonight. We got to get over this stuff. Well, what, 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 if, what if somebody steals your saints? Is that even possible? If that soul is still going to heaven, have they really been stolen? Oh, my God. We need to start realizing there's a better growth church growth program than still a sheep program. You know why? Because that's not growth. That's a swelling. Things that are infected swell. Boy, ain't nobody going to help me preach right now. <laughs> Every family that's moved into this church in the last five years is going, is he talking about me? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Man, if you're here, I'm glad you're here. If you got a pastor, let him be, stay your pastor. I'm going to tell you something. I'm more hungry to see empty souls filled than I am to see my name on charts and pieces of paper as fastest growing, biggest giving. I shouldn't even tell you this kind of stuff. Man, people are going to talk about me. I know it. But I've told, I've told our church leadership for years. I'd rather, I'd rather give money to the missionary and know they're getting it. Than I would to lose 20 or 30% of everything we're given. Just so that we can get our name put on a thing in a, in a book. That we're in the top 100 givers in the United States of America. If that's what we're all about, we've missed it. We got too much silver and gold, and we need more Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what I'm expecting. Can I? Ooh. Can I? You want to finish, Bishop? Come on. How many transmitters did you have out the other day, Brother Boaz? Two? We had a whole group back here. We had one back here. While I'm up here, well, Brother Shepherd was preaching one. I, if you were translating that, brother. I think if you're going to translate, you have to translate like the guy you're preaching for. And I didn't see him back there. You know what I see God doing right now? I see God forcing our hand. I see God forcing us to get out of our comfort zones and start doing things that we would have never done before. Because God, God's not going to beg his church to be the church. God's looking for people that's willing. So you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting. And I've already cast this vision to you, but we're getting closer and closer. 
I'm expecting that we're going to add a Sunday service. And I'm expecting we're going to do it in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm expecting that if you come to that service, you're only going to understand about half of what's said. Because I'm going to preach for a little while. And the translator's going to preach for a little while. So you're only going to get about half of it. And I'm expecting that God is going to connect some of you to the people in these little towns where you work and where you live. That there's no church there. And we're going to start a Bible study group in that little town. And we're going to get people in the house of God. And before long, there's going to be enough in that Bible study group that there's going to be a church in that town. Well, Pastor, how many of those are going to be tithe payers? Well, if they're saved, they'll all be tithe payers. Well, aren't you worried about the financial drain on the church? No, I'm not. It's his church. You, if you know anybody that has a Christian school, they'll tell you. They never make money and they always cost the church. We started PCA three years ago and we have never missed a beat. God has been faithful to us. And we've had more financial freedom since we started that school than we had before we started that school. You know why? Because if you look at, at expecting that God is going to do something great, then God's going to do something great. I told the story the other night. Of the little boy that got the Holy Ghost, the first, the first chapel of this year. His mother went to school with my wife years ago at Bible college. Lost track, had no clue. I don't know if they, they're going right now or what, but I guess for a long time they weren't even going to church at all. But she heard about PCA and came for a visit, wanted to send her little boy, found out she lived the next street over from us. In our addition where we live, he came to school here last year, was quiet, wouldn't hardly talk to anybody. And on the first chapel of this year, he raised his hands and tears began to stream down his face. And when we laid hands on him, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You know why? Because I'm expecting God to do it. I'm expecting us to get to the place where every Friday in chapel there's another little kid getting the Holy Ghost. I'm expecting every week that we're going to start filling out baptismal request forms because little kids are going to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting for people to start driving from all over the country to come here because so many miracles are happening. Come on. I've come to preach to somebody tonight whose faith has been bruised because God didn't give you the answer you wanted. It's time for us to start expecting again. That when cancer patients walk into the house. That when they go back to their doctor, the doctor says no more treatments are necessary.
Somebody shout, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. And I'm not just going to throw silver and gold at it. I'm believing that God's going to put something on us. And we're going to begin to ask God for things that yesterday were impossible. But oh my God, whatever it was that happened in that upper room. Something happened to them boys. And when they came walking out with the Holy Ghost. They looked at that man different than they had a few days before when they walked to the temple to pray. I'm going to tell you what this man believes. I believe it's the Holy Ghost that's going to make the difference in how we see the lame. Let me say that one more time. It's the Holy Ghost that's going to affect the way that we see the lame. Because when you look at the lame through the lens of the Spirit, you realize you couldn't do it in your own power anyway. But when the Spirit of God rests on you, you get a boldness on you that doesn't negotiate. You just say, get up and walk. Woo! You don't ever know who you're going to meet. I believe that God, I'm expecting that God is going to connect some of you to the men and the women who are going to be the next pastors and leaders in the revival that God is bringing now. I'm expecting that in the next three months, we're going to see some drug addicts set so free from their sin that we're not going to have to beg For somebody to start a chemical abuse program that's going to minister to people. Oh, no, that ain't that ain't gonna be me. I'm not not me. I don't want to deal with those kind of people. You know what? When we get that polished, we're in trouble. May we ever be reaching, expecting that the next one we grab is going to be the one that sticks. That the next Bible study I teach is going to be the one that gets baptized in Jesus' name. Pastor, I've done it. I didn't even get to the Bible study and they canceled. I've tried to teach a Bible study and they just didn't get it. I wasted 13 weeks. That's a lie. You ain't never wasted 13 weeks sharing the word of God. And I'm going to tell you something else. They may walk away from that, but they're going to have to contend in their mind for the rest of their lives with what they know now. And there will come a night. I'm expecting it. I'm ex- Sister Jenny, the seed that's been sown, somebody is going to wake up and say, you know what? They sat down at this table in this house and they told me, and today is the day that I'm going to FPC and I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. I, 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 I've been here too long already. Church family, there is power in expectation. You'd have to be a fool to believe that God could not do anything 
We know that he can. He has limitless power. It's infinite. But I sincerely believe that sometimes the difference in him doing it and not doing it is our inability to expect him to do it. Because our lack of expectation is based on the disappointment of what he did not do for us the last time we asked. But I feel like somebody here tonight's going to knock, as the writer said, until you weary heaven. I'm going to knock on the door every day until the Lord says, that man is serious about this. I better send an angel to give an answer. Come on, Daniel, don't give up now. I know 21 days into this prayer and fasting, you thought God wasn't hearing. But the Bible said there was an angel that was wrestling with the prince of Persia. And when Michael came to withhold the prince, the angel came to Daniel and said, God heard you 21 days ago, but I've been fighting with the prince of Persia. So God sent me help so I could come tell you that everything you've been asking God for is about to come to pass. Don't quit believing. Don't quit expecting. I believe you're closer to the answer today than you were yesterday. And God is able. If you're in this place tonight and you're facing something that doctors have said, lawyers have said, your family has said, they've said it's impossible. If you're here tonight and you're facing something that they said is impossible, I just want you to step out by faith. There's plenty of room up here. Sickness in your body. A need in your family. Come on. Don't you be ashamed right now. God's about to do it right here. Come on, don't hide tonight. If you feel like it's impossible, but you know down deep inside that God still can. I'm asking you to take a step of faith tonight. And I want you to do everything you physically can right now to put your hands in the air. Throw your head back. And I don't want you begging God. I don't want you begging God. I want you telling God tonight, if I've ever believed you can, I believe you can tonight. If I've ever believed you could, Lord, I believe you can tonight. Come on, you're not begging God. And you're not praying on the disappointments that you've had. You're telling God tonight, I believe you can. And I believe you will. And I'm expecting it's going to happen. Come on. I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord right now. I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord right now.